The solution to reaching your goals is breaking them down into little steps. Take at least 30 minutes, maybe an hour, to sit down and plan your week, okay? Instead of saying, I want to do more ministry next year, just say, what can I do to bring three friends closer to Christ? Success in any line demands a definite aim. And some people freak out and say, oh, no, no, I need to clean my kitchen first. Well, listen, you have a goal. Until your one thing is done today, you are not doing anything else. Welcome to the Hive Podcast, everyone. My name is Vincent Bujor. You're listening to episode number eight. And since it's kind of weird to introduce myself, (laughs) I would say let's just get started. I grew up playing the piano. I am, in fact, I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I'm a classically trained pianist. And before I found Jesus, I was, you know, playing the piano, doing concerts uh, on events, um, also the weekends on Sabbath and stuff like that, right? And I still play the piano for the Lord. Um, But I, I had this discipline in my daily life that I thought was just normal when I went out in the world and I saw other people like do their stuff I realized hey this is actually a gift um, that God gave me uh, just not only because of my parents but also because of my piano teachers and my mentors that I had and and I realized that all those 20 years of experience playing the piano doing concerts winning international piano competitions and things like that that it really, you know, allowed me to create goals and stick to them and really achieve them, right? I have to say at the same time, though, that I failed a lot of times, right? I mean, we've had multiple people on the show who said similar things, right? We, we actually learn by failing, you know, success is a lousy teacher. And um, I can tell you a lot of stories about, you know, businesses that I started ministries that I started and they failed so the point though is that I realized that there is a great strategy there is a proven protocol that allows us to to really achieve our goals and I want to share that with you today but before I do that actually let me share some lies that we often tend to believe and those lies are usually hindering us from reaching our goals I wish I could go into more detail, but we don't have the time to do that today. I just want to quickly mention them. And if you want to, you can look up um, how exactly they uh, work and um, what I exactly mean by that. But let me just share them with you, okay? I think you'll quickly understand this. It's not very difficult, okay? Lie number one, timing doesn't matter. Oftentimes, we go through life and we think, okay, it doesn't matter if I do my most important thing that I need to do in the morning or if I do it in the afternoon. It doesn't matter if I do it at night or in the middle of the day, but it actually does. You know, God gave us patterns, um, a schedule, I mean, a week with the Sabbath, you know, a cycle and all of that. But we have an internal clock that God even gave us. And because of that, um, it actually matters when we do things. So the way to figure this out is very easy. You need to ask yourself, okay, what person am I? Am I an early bird? Am I a night owl? Am I a third bird? That's actually a third group of people that's in between the night owl and the early bird, okay? 
And then you need to understand what kind of task you want to do. Like, what goal do you actually want to achieve? Is it, you know, I don't know, uh, an analytic task? Is it an insight task? Uh, and then based on those tasks and based on your chronotype, you need to select the appropriate time for what you want to do. So timing does matter. Another lie that I believed for a long time, actually, was everything matters equally. In other words, activity is productivity. But that's not true. We are not most productive and we are not most successful when we do just a lot of things. No, we need to pause long enough to think what we actually want to do and then we need to tackle that task. For example, if I am going to work on a Monday morning and I'm so busy, I know I have so many things to do and I just start, I just open my inbox, I just answer emails and I say, I need to do this, I need to record that, I need to do, you know, whatever. And you just, you just jump into this and you don't really have a plan. You are very active, but you're not very productive. So why, what I really encourage all of us to do is pause long enough to think about the plan, make a plan. I personally, I take every Monday morning, the first hour, an entire hour I, I take to plan my week. I route, write down my goals. I write down my entire schedule. I, I, I schedule meetings. I see where I block time to spend with my wife with uh, family, with, uh, you know, just on my morning routine, evening routine, and things like that. So, so take time to plan. Everything does not matter equally. And sometimes you need to leave your kitchen like it is, and it might look messy, surely did at my place, <laughs> and then really do the, the task that you have to do. Now, line number three, I'll just multitask. Have you thought that before? <laughs> I want to tell you it's a funny story. I was driving to piano student once, and I... Okay, I hope I'm not getting like in trouble for telling the story, okay? I, I repented of that sin, okay? <laughs> and here's what happened. I, 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 I was late, as usual, and I, I didn't eat lunch properly. So I took the leftovers that I had in a little box and I, I just put it together and I started driving. And I was driving, you know, in my car, uh, uh, the highway up and going to my piano student it was a 20-minute drive. So I, you know, this was back when I was just mainly teaching piano, uh, and and then I was driving and I saw this other truck next to me driving in, in, in the other lane, right? And I saw this guy, literally, I'm not kidding. He was also eating his lunch while driving. And he was even using a fork and a knife to eat his lunch. And I saw it, I just started like <laughs> laughing, you know, I was like, what in the world? But actually, it's very sad, first of all, because it's super dangerous, right? And I really encourage you to not do this anymore if you're attending to, uh, you know, drive and eat and, and talk and like, I don't know, do be on your phone, whatever. Don't multitask, but also don't multitask when you're at work. Many times we have our email tab open. We have an all, maybe a YouTube or Facebook tab open. And we do all of these different things at the same time. We think we're productive, but we're really not. We are not achieving our goals the way we could by multitasking. In fact, multitasking is a lie. I don't know if that's a surprise to you or not, but... The term came up in the 80s when computers were actually able to multitask, but they were really not. All they did was switching from one task to another and then back to the other one. And it was just going back and forth so quickly that it seemed like they would do two things at the same time. But even the computers were not really actually able to multitask. And our creator didn't create us to multitask. In fact, he wants us to focus on one thing at a time. My dad always used to say, when you eat, you eat. 
when you sleep, you sleep. When you drive, you drive. When you work, you work. When you're with the family, you're with the family. There's nothing worse, friends, than being on the phone with a friend and then trying to spend time with your kid at the same time, trying to answer an email at the same time. You're not doing two things right. You can only focus on one thing at a time. So let's get that out of the way right away, okay? Multitasking does not work. If you want to reach your goals, you want to be productive, don't multitask. Now here's another very important lie that many workaholics tell themselves. I don't need breaks. Or you could also say, I don't need sleep, doesn't matter. But, but here's the point. You do need breaks. And actually, the more breaks you get and the shorter they are, so short but multiple breaks, they matter and they, they really change a lot. Also, what, what makes a, a big difference is if you, do, if you do it with others together, if you're having, having a social break, okay? Just don't do it by yourself, do it with others. And go outside, don't be inside, okay? Don't, don't try to eat like 63% of Americans who are office workers are eating their lunch at their office desk. Don't do that. Okay, because you're not really doing, you're not really having a break. You're just kind of working, but kind of eating. It's a mixture of multitasking and then not really having a break. So, so really take time to, to really relax. Because here's the point. If your brain is able to do that, then you can come back to work with more power, with more enthusiasm, with more motivation, with all these things, with more focus, and you are more productive, okay? Now, line number five. Let's go through this quickly. I need a balanced life. This is something that I don't know if Adventists actually talk about this, but I hear that often in the world. You, you read articles about it. You watch movies where people say, Anna, you know, just work-life balance, guys. Work-life balance, right? But here's the point. Sometimes in life, you need to pursue the extremes. Other times, you don't want to do it. You just have to know at what point you have to go this far and not further. And always remember... There are certain weeks where you have to spend that, that you really have to dedicate to, to your missional business because there's something important coming up. And then there are other weeks where you can say, now I spend more time with the family again, right? Or now I can spend more time exercising or whatever it might be. So life cannot be balanced all the time. It's just not how it works. The most important part though, when you consider that is that there will always be enough work, okay? And here's, here's the one to all the crazy working people for God. There will always be enough time to do ministry. There will always be more work, more ministry work, okay? You won't get to a point where you say, oh, now I've done enough for the Lord, right? No, there is always more to do. So, so it's important to remember that God has his work in his hands and that we don't prioritize ministry, our missional business over our own relationship with God and our relationship with our spouse or family or children or what it might be, right? So, so, so don't try to balance everything at all times because it doesn't really work, okay? You just get disappointed. Now, last lie I want to share, big is bad. Big is not bad and bad is not big. They can, it can happen, obviously, but it doesn't mean that those two things are the same thing. And so I encourage you to ask specific and big questions, and I'll tell you, it'll take you far. I'll give you one quick example here, really quickly. When I 
decided 2021 to run 500 miles. That was a new exercise goal that I set myself as a New Year's resolution, right? For the whole year, I want to run 500 miles within a year. Now, the bad part was I started in like February, okay? So I was pretty late. <laughs> and then I was doing okay. I did not know what I got myself into. I thought this might be a decent number, you know, 10 miles or a little more than 10 miles a week, you know, it might be possible. But when I got sick in November, you know, it totally threw me out of the, you know, everything was messed up. It threw me off. I, I didn't know what to do. And so I didn't reach my goal. And I was disappointed. I'm, I'm, I'm being honest here with you. I, I really thought I'm going to make it. And I was close. You know, I was about, I think I had 430 miles or something like that. But I, I didn't make it. But then I looked back to my other years, you know, because I have an app where I track my, my running um, you know, statistics and stuff. And, and I realized that that year in 2021, I was running more than at, during any year before. And why was that? Just because I, I actually decided to set a goal that was ridiculously high, probably not even thought through, but it motivated me to actually run more. So big is not always bad and bad is not always big. You know, don't be afraid of failure. I, tr I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Do you know why Hive exists? Do you know that God gave us a calling to reach the cities with missional entrepreneurship? Ellen White called it the Beehive Method, and it's all about full-time mission work, including all talents. Check out our new blog and learn more about the Beehive model and many other topics. Just go to hiveinternational.org. Now, the following thing I want to share with you is called the one thing, or it's also called the focusing question. You may have heard of this before. There's a guy named Gary Keller. He wrote a great book called The One Thing. And a lot of things that I just shared the last couple of minutes and that I'm going to share the next couple of minutes are actually taken from his book. So if you want to know more, I encourage you to read it. But the point here is you can ask a very specific question, it's called a focusing question, and you can get very great results or very great answers maybe, okay? Here's the focusing question. What's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else becomes easier or unnecessary? Let me repeat that. What's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else becomes easier or unnecessary? Now, what's the one thing you can do for your walk with Jesus? What's your one thing you can do right now for your physical health? So that by doing that very thing, other stuff gets easier down the road, okay? Let me, let, me, let me give you an example. What's the one thing I can do to exercise more, okay? Well, today I can say I can go to bed earlier so that it'll be easier for me to wake up early tomorrow morning so I can have time to exercise tomorrow morning, right? And so you basically broke that down. You looked at the different tasks and you say, okay, no, this is the one thing now. And then you continue like that. I encourage you to ask big and specific questions. Instead of saying, I want to do more ministry next year, just say, what can I do to bring three friends closer to Christ? Okay, this year, three friends. So you have a number you, you say, I want to bring them closer to, to Christ. You know, obviously, when we talk about spiritual growth, it's very difficult to measure that. But 
I think you understand the point here. Uh, it's big because it's three people and it's specific. And you can then convert this question, what can I do to bring three friends closer to Christ? You know, you can convert that into the focusing question and then say, what is the one thing I need to do to bring three friends closer to Christ in 2022, for example, such that by doing it, everything else becomes easier? Now, this might seem very confusing for you at this point, and I apologize if it does. I, I want to break this down now, and here's the main point of the entire episode. So if you only take one thing away, listen to this one here. The solution to reaching your goals, and this is biblical, by the way, is breaking them down into little steps. And here's what I do every single week. I go to my desk, I take a paper and I write down my someday goal. A big goal that I have for someday. I'll give you an example with Hive, you know. Let's say our goal is to enable 1 million missional entrepreneurs. Okay, that's our someday goal. Now you want to break that down into a five-year goal. What do you want to achieve in five years? Let's say for Hive, we want to enable in five years 200,000 people, okay? We want to influence them, directly influence them, okay? So in one year, what does that mean? Let's say 20,000, okay? Now, this can be anything. It doesn't have to be people. It doesn't have to be influence. You understand the strategy here, right? It's basically breaking the someday goal down into, into smaller goals and then going all the way. Now, five years, then one year. Now, let's break that down to a monthly goal. What do I need to do this month so that I'm on track to achieve my one-year goal? When I was trying to run 500 miles, I said, I need to run, let's say the month of August, I need to run 60 miles because I was, I was kind of not doing it last month. So I need to kind of catch up, right? So that's my monthly goal. Now you break that down into a weekly goal and say, how much do I actually need to do this week? What do I need to do? What's my one thing? What's my focus this week so that I'm on track to reach my goal? Now you break that down into a daily goal and then you can even do it what's my one thing today like no actually right now what do i need to do right now so that i am on track to reach my daily goal and you quickly see that this enables you to reach your goals very effectively You know, after studying this topic for a little bit, I found this amazing quote by Ellen White. She says in her book, Education, page 262, success in any line demands a definite aim. I mean, listen to this prophetic sentence. It's so crazy. 118 years before Gary Keller's best-selling book came out, this woman, you know, wrote the exact same thing. She said, success in any line demands a definite aim. So you need to have a, a specific goal. And then she continues, listen to this. She says, he who would achieve true success in life must keep steadily in view the aim worthy of his endeavor. So you need to constantly remind yourself, what is my someday goal? What is my five-year goal? And you need to monitor that. And as soon as you deviate from your path, and I, I'll tell you, it will happen. It happens to me all the time. Then you need to adjust it and say, okay, now this is my new goal. Quick example, this year, 2022, my, one of my goals, one of my New Year's resolutions was to actually run a marathon. Now, all the way in May, I, I discovered that that's not really my goal anymore. I want to work, I want to kind of focus on 
some other sporting activities more, okay? So I realized I can't really do that anymore. So I was keeping steadily in view my aim, but I was also adjusting it. And as soon as I realized, okay, I need to adjust it, I had another monthly goal for my yearly goal and so forth. Now, here is something I recommend to all of you guys, all of you missional entrepreneurs. I encourage you to take time to plan, whether that's a Sunday afternoon or evening or it's a Monday morning for you. It doesn't matter. But take at least 30 minutes, maybe an hour to sit down and plan your week. Okay, block the time that you want to take off time on Sabbath, vacation, rest, recharging. Right. And then. Block the time that you want to dedicate to reach your specific goal for your missional business. We're going to go through an example just in a couple of minutes. Then you want to block your planning time. So just block another hour where you say, I'm going to plan my next week, you know, and so forth. And then you can go on like that. And you can basically fill your calendar. Um, people might laugh at me when they see, when I, when I open my calendar and, and they see that literally every minute is full. I don't have a single hour in my calendar that is not occupied with something. And I'm not totally busy all the time, but I always schedule stuff so that I know what I'm doing, I'm keeping track of my work, and I know where I'm headed. You might be as crazy as I am and do the same thing. I encourage you to do it, actually. It's very, very rewarding and uh, to see what you're actually, what you have achieved, but it's also very... It really enables you to be super productive. But if you don't want that or if you don't have time for that, just start with a couple of minutes every week writing down your someday goal, your five-year goal, your one-year goal, your monthly goal, and your weekly goal with your daily goal, and then stay on track so that you can achieve what you want to achieve. I want to go through an example with you here at the end, and I hope it's helpful. Let's say we are in the process of opening an Adventist vegan restaurant. Yay! <laughs> Let's say we want to open it in San Diego, in the beautiful city of San Diego, Southern California, and our someday goal is to operate a franchise of 500 restaurants, okay? Big goal and specific. Now, we break that down into our five-year goal. Our five-year goal would be, and by the way, this is an example. All restaurant owners, I'm sorry if I'm being too optimistic here. Probably this is not a reality, but, but I, just follow me here, okay, for this example's sake. Five-year goal, we have two sustainable vegan restaurants in Southern California, okay? In five years, I want to have already a second one open okay that's my five-year goal it's very specific as well now my one-year goal to get to the five-year goal would be i need to make fifteen thousand dollars a month on average so that i can pay all of my expenses right it's pretty expensive to do business in california and then also save up some money so i can open another restaurant the monthly goal then would be to actually get to my year yearly goal right which is making 15000 a month, you want to find a location. So I'm, I'm looking right now. My monthly goal right now is finding a location. I'm not thinking about the franchise that much because that's very, very far away, right? That's very difficult to like attack. That hill is very difficult to climb. So, so I want to just focus on my monthly goal. That's very doable. Just find a location for your first restaurant. Now, my weekly goal so that I can achieve my monthly goal would be I need to visit two more places and I need to make a decision, okay? And today's goal, if I'm writing this down today, I need to schedule a second appointment so that I can visit another place. I think you got that, right? It's not that difficult. I really encourage you to do this. It is powerful, it is practical, and it enables you to actually reach your goals. 
Now, don't get distracted. There are four thieves that rob our productivities, and I just want to mention them at the end. We need to learn how to say no. One person once said, one yes must be defended over a thousand no's. I often have to think about this phrase, to be honest with you, because I, I'm very bad at saying no to people. I always want to help. I always want to be nice. I never want to disappoint anyone. And that has gotten me into some big trouble already uh, and a lot of stressful situations. So I, I hope you can, you're better at saying no than I am. I'm learning still, you know, I'm still a student. But focusing is all about saying no. You can't please everyone, so don't try. And don't think that you are called to save everyone in this world, so don't try, right? God's work rests in his hand, amen? Now, another thief I want to share, it's a fear of chaos. Sometimes when we focus on one thing, let's say our missional business, and we want to reach that goal, other things, especially when it's not like family and friends or our relationship with God, because those things are very important, more important, I would even say, right? Other things are not getting done. And so when you thrive for extraordinary results, chaos is almost guaranteed to show up. Like your room, your kitchen will look messy. And some people freak out and say, oh, no, no, I need to clean my kitchen first. Well, listen, you have a goal. Until your one thing is done today, you are not doing anything else. I actually have a, a, a just in my office, I have a sign and it says, until my one thing is done, everything else is a distraction. In other words, if I get a call, might be a friend, might be the pastor, might be a business partner, doesn't matter. If I get an email, if someone knocks at my door and wants to, I don't know, imagine any scenario, right? I say, no, it's a distraction. I need to get my one thing done first and then I can do something else. Well, sometimes that doesn't work, right? Sometimes you need to be creative. Sometimes you need to twist things. Sometimes you need to be, you know, trading, begging, um, whatever it might be. Don't be a victim of your circumstances and don't fear chaos, okay? Also, when you're trying to reach your goals, don't sacrifice your health on the way. High achievements require lots of energy. So get your breakfast, get your lunch, get eight hours of sleep every day. Don't think you're more productive when you just sleep five hours so you have three more hours to work. Or even more important, don't sacrifice your personal time with Jesus. Because if you do that, if you think you can pray less and work more, ah, uh, think again. Right? What did Martin Luther say? He said, I have so much to do that I spend three hours in prayer every morning. <laughs> isn't that funny? Isn't that, isn't that true though? Like, that's actually when work gets done, when we dedicate it to the Lord. Now, don't forget to work out regularly. You've heard it before, right? Sitting is the new smoking. And use the time with your family and use the time on Sabbath to really recharge. Lastly, I need to say that sometimes the environment doesn't support achieving our goals. That was the case for me when I um, went to my parents' place when COVID was around at the you know spring, summer of 2020. And I just basically moved in with them, you know, because my fiance was there and my parents were there and I wanted to spend time with them. But I didn't really have a good environment where I could really work well. And so I was struggling. And, and it's important that you understand that your goals rest on two pillars, people and place. Like if the people don't support your goals and the place is a mess where the place doesn't allow you to work productively, then your one thing will not get done. So make sure that you have the right people around you who are motivating you, that you have positive energy, and also make sure that you have a good place where you can work.
Now, I hope that's been helpful for you. And if you have questions about this, put them down in the comments below on social media, you know, or write us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Hello at hiveinternational.org. Next week, we'll look at another powerful topic, and that's the topic of negotiation. As business men and women, we need to negotiate. And as Christians, we sometimes are afraid of being the doormat, but we also don't want to be rude. So there's, there's this, this, this tension there that we're trying to solve, and, and Gita Chopra is on the show for us, and she's sharing some powerful insight with us. So stay with us. Next week again, Monday, 6 a.m., The Hive Podcast will be back. And my name is Vincent Bujor. I'll see you then. <laughs>